0: to Hard Sell, a podcast where my friend and I give each other the hard sell on a piece of media that we enjoy, like a movie, a video game, an album, or a podcast musical. Uh, my name is Cody Morin.
1: My name is Tim Bloom.
2: And I'm Cozy Hanula.
0: Now, Tim and Cozy, we talked about this off the podcast a little bit ago. I recently made it like a goal for myself to play through kind of as many of the Star Wars video games as I can. Or uh-huh. the, as many as I feel like. I don't really have a set goal in mind. But it got me thinking. And I've got a question for both of you. And I'm kind of curious what you'd say. Uh, if for some reason you were stuck in like a universe where you could only play video games from one franchise, what would you pick?
1: One I'm thinking, franchise?
0: Yeah. So, like, um, you know, I'm thinking you still have access to other media. But, like, strictly for video games, you get one. So as far as what I'm thinking, I mean, you've got big franchises to choose from, like Star Wars, Pokemon, Mario, Final Fantasy, Call of Duty, whatever. They all have their own sort of like mainline gameplay style, and then they all have, a lot of them anyway, have like spin-offs that can be very different. You know, like you pick Final Mm -hmm. Fantasy, and you've got like a stellar lineup of like mostly kind of A-tier single-player experiences, mobile games, and MMO tactics games one of my favorite rhythm games or you go with like call of duty and it's always like a really strong multiplayer formula
1: yeah interesting i don't know that it. i mean so by franchise you mean like one ip like one yeah. universe is so here's an important question
2: i will play i will take the guitar hero universe
1: wow guitar hero okay Okay, this is maybe related to my question. Does the Guitar Hero universe include rock band, or is it specifically Guitar Hero? Like, how are we, how are well, we defining... Well, Guitar Hero
2: has, like, a rock band. It's like Guitar Hero true. World Tour or whatever, so yeah. either way, I can use the drums is the important part. If you could that, only that's ever what the play part
1: is. any video game again, you would play Guitar Hero?
2: I don't know. I mean, I also... this. I, I don't think any of the franchises have enough in there to hold my interest. Well, so I'll,
0: I'll I tell you where I'm at. I don't think I would I'm pick
2: at. the Star Wars universe because yeah. even if there's, like, a variety of video games, like, I think I would get so sick of Star Wars that I would not want to play <laughs> anyway. Um, so I'm thinking, like, what's, like, a unique experience? Like, if I can only experience one thing through video games, like, what do I want to, like, and, like, I think, Guitar Hero might be it for me. I like the Guitar Hero games. They're, uh, I should play them more, but they, I don't know, they're kind of fun. They're a different experience than, uh, other video games. It's not really an experience you get by watching media. Like, some video games you can, like, consume in other ways, like the story and stuff, or like via streams or whatever. You're not experiencing Rock Band well through a stream, or Guitar Hero, I mean. Um, so, yeah. Yeah that's that's my thought process.
1: Hmm.
0: okay, what's your I answer there? Well, so for me, it was a toss up between uh Final Fantasy and Mario, which are mm. very different. but I think I'd probably end up picking Mario the the single player like story experience is not for the most part anywhere near the same level as you're gonna get with like most other game franchises. They're pretty pretty surface level stories. Um mm-hmm. but I think there is just so much variety in the games that are like I'm th- like my my thought line is that like Smash Bros wouldn't count because that's more like a Nintendo game as opposed to like a Mario yeah. game. But you've got like Mario Golf, Strikers, Sluggers, all those like different sports games. And then you've also got like the like regular Mario games that are have all different kinds of like two D and three D platformers and I think it's I I enjoy playing games with other people and so I think it gives a lot of opportunity for that. Yeah. Um so while also hero. still being that's true. Which is also fun by yourself or with other people. It's just You like can't Mario do guitar
1: games. hero strikers though and have some sort Oh, that could be kind of fun. Hey. <laughs> um, Does it
2: count as being in the Guitar Hero universe if I use the Guitar Hero <laughs> controller for a regular video game?
1: <laughs> Absolutely not, cuz I know people do that. Um not well, but the do do it. Um I think that's a good I think that's a good call out. You can also probably find some good like bootleg Mario like unlicensed uh <laughs> like games that you can pirate um, probably to steal a lot of things so here's I think that's a good one I think Mario's a good a good shout I think Guitar Hero's out there but I understand why you said it um, <laughs> is Football Manager <laughs> it's own universe or is the universe sports games or is the universe soccer games
0: I think if if we're saying franchise is equivalent to IP, then I would think that Football Manager is like its own thing.
2: So I, I mean, can't maybe get it's like, like the Manager, and manager I think, series. I think like, no, it's not ooh, Football manager, like the manager and FIFA, manager but they games. have like if they yes. have like Football Manager and
0: F one Manager.
2: Yeah, like oh, you can okay. play all of those games. Or you um, could go like
0: EA Sports as the franchise
1: and you can play or like not doing that. EA Sports. The
2: games. backyard sports games. As hey, members, obviously. That's a
1: good call out. Um, yeah, I think it would be those like sports management because 'Cause cause ultimately the thing you said that it made me think of was like I can get storytelling through like other medium. I can't pen and paper manage a soccer team like there's no equivalent thing that i can sort of do like i can play board games and get at a lot of like gameplay type stuff i don't really like mm-hmm. like platformers or things like that so like the the game i play the most and would miss the most if i couldn't play it are those like management sim type games. It's a super easy decision if you would be benevolent and let me also have like FIFA. Because that that scratches that itch of like games. The rules of games. Would You
2: Rather are not benevolent.
1: <laughs> wow. Okay. Fair enough. Um <laughs> other option, Outer Wilds universe, and just hope they make I more Outer Wilds games.
2: Just saying the Outer wilds Universe. Again, <laughs> a very unique experience. Very good experience. The problem with Outer Wilds is like almost no replayability on the yeah. original games disagree
0: um, i can when they add in when they add harder. in multiplayer battle arena <laughs> god <ways laughs> i'd than, be so <laughs> sad
1: if they did that um yeah. uh, i would argue that spoilers for outer wilds i guess so beware if any of you are listening and haven't played outer wilds you're wrong. Um,
2: and and then go play Outer Wilds and then go listen to our Outer Wilds podcast. Correct.
1: And then come back to listen to what I have to say. I would argue that based on how Outer Wilds ends, every game is in the Outer Wilds universe. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. So I pick Outer Wilds. I get to play every game. I have uh, infinite wishes. D- your genie proclamation because I don't want to have to engage with this because I play too many different things uh, but the my answer is football manager I went the opposite direction of you where you were like I want the most breadth to do <laughs> yeah, lots I want of the things most variety and I was just like screw it I'll, I'll throw everything away to like hang on to the one thing that I consistently do
2: yeah
0: <laughs> speaking of uh, things that have a narrow scope I guess uh, tim
2: uh,
1: I... you are getting we are infecting you you're you're
0: <laughs> i'm yeah, getting worse are. this is yeah, i'm getting worse. worse every time mm-hmm.
2: it's a hard cell virus i gotta yeah. take a
0: break come back stronger <laughs> uh, but anyway Tim uh last episode i pitched you on portal and uh, I'd like to hear what you thought about it
1: yes you did so portal for anyone who has not played it is a game from like what is it 2007 2006 2007 yeah 2007 from valve um the way the game works is your character you don't it's it's like a first person view so you don't see your character except in like mirrors or through portals um but your character like wakes up and is told basically they are part of a science experiment there's like a very funny line of dialogue that starts the game you wake up in like what looks like a lab designed by apple all of the floors like this so clearly (laughs) is a game that came out when like the ipod was big and was viewed as like the height of design where like everything is round and white um (laughs) yep but but like you wake up and there's this line about like thank you for choosing to relax in the detention chamber like uh It's time for you to go through your trials, and basically what the game is, functionally, is a puzzle platformer game where you have a gun that, so I played on PC, Mm -hmm. where the left trigger pointed at certain walls or certain surfaces, if you click the left trigger, it opens a blue. You mean
2: the left mouse button?
1: Yes, left mouse button. Okay. or presumably left trigger if you play with a controller i'm assuming that's how the controls work um one of them opens a blue portal and one of them places a an orange portal and they connect to each other and you use you know like if you fall through the blue portal you come out where the or you have placed the orange portal um and that's basically how the game that is basically the game, and you use the or like the gameplay pieces of the game. And you use like clever portal placement and portal sort of like mechanics of pushing things through portals or falling through portals or like positioning portals in such a way that you fall through them multiple times consecutively and build up momentum because you're falling continuously to, like, fling yourself somewhere. Um, And that's basically how the game works. So, I have lots of thoughts about the gameplay and about the tone and about the spoil. Basically, what I'm just going to say is, like, Portal is two to three hours long if you're interested in it if it sounds intriguing at all from a gameplay perspective just like go play it cuz i'm just going to spoil it i don't want to have to try to not spoil it yeah um, you can
0: find it for really cheap and it it really takes no time to play i replayed it through in preparation for this in the matter of one flight to seattle
1: yeah so. cozy cozy also played this and cozy you played it in one sitting correct
2: I mean, basically,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's it's not a long game. It's it's a it's a pretty straightforward game. So, okay. yeah, basically, the way this works, you go through these progressively different levels. You are being tested, slash encouraged, slash discouraged, slash taunted by this uh, sort of like evil Siri voice <laughs> <laughs> that it, that is eventually revealed to be this AI who is, uh, like, experimenting on you, whose whole thing is basically like, we've developed this gun, this, like, portal gun, um, and we need you to test it throughout the process. Um, I didn't know... The as name is GLaDOS, correct? Yep. It's yep. not ever said super explicitly, but it's it's, like, implied at the end that GLaDOS is the name of the thing. Um, yep. or maybe it is said and I just missed it, but
0: I think it's, I think it's only said like, it might be just like in the song at the end.
1: Yeah, maybe um, it, it's, or it's, it's on, or there's,
0: or it's on, it's on a, like a PowerPoint slide or something. I think in one of the, rooms yeah, you go past potentially.
1: And it's on the outside of like the facility after you explode out of it at the end. Yeah. Um, I wasn't sure. So I'd heard a lot about GLaDOS and I knew GLaDOS's is vibe just through like cultural osmosis yep um i wasn't sure what i would think of glados because we talked about this in the past that like i don't love like internet humor like super referential like goofy um i don't even really know how to describe it exactly but there's a sort of like early 2000s to like or like mid 2000s to like early 2010s genre of like internet humor mm-hmm. that like i would have loved when i was in like high school and i just really can't stand now and this was Are think
2: in like homestar runner vibe
1: kinda um and i was just afraid it was gonna be like kind of cheesy And kind of nothing. But I wound up really liking GLaDOS. Like, the stereotype of like this AI who's like taunting you as you go through these things. I don't know if Portal started this or if this is like a trope from before Portal, but it's not like a unique premise. Um but like it's funny enough. GLaDOS is like clever and the way they use GLaDOS to taunt you through this game and to like you know do different things like uh uh, again like so the moment that really stuck out for me was like level six where at one point glados is like this level's really hard you almost certainly can't get it and the whole time the whole like level the first probably 10 levels are really like a tutorial like they're not very hard they're really pretty straightforward just kind of like obvious tutorial stuff you don't get both buttons on the gun until like level eight or something like that so there's lots of time to just like learn how the portals work learn the mechanics towards the end of that sort of tutorial section glados starts to like taunt you of like you definitely can't get this like don't feel bad it's not your fault it's our fault for making this too hard like it's there's no way etc etc and the way it's done there's a way you do that That I think is like dumb and like eye rolly and cheesy, but the way it's done was both funny and made me want to play it. Like it, it, like worked on me in a way that I was like, "No, I can, I will prove this fake (laughs) AI wrong." Like, yeah, it's it's one of the only times I've like wanted to solve a puzzle in a game to like solve the puzzle for the game as opposed to just like to move along in the story and like using this dumb jokey like ai in that way to like elicit that response from me is is kind of like that part really really worked on me
0: yeah i think i think they got really close like towing that line of where like if they pushed a little bit harder like it would have gone into that like a little bit too much space yeah and I think you know you had mentioned like knowing about GLaDOS just through like osmosis and I think it is one of those things that like as someone who was a fan of it at the time yeah like it got to be too much For me, like, it was just, like, overboard with, like, people fangirling over GLaDOS so much um, that, like, coming back to it now ten years later since probably the last time I played it, like, I could appreciate that again. Like, Mm -hmm. the, like, hearing all these voice lines again that I hadn't heard for so long and, like not having it be overplayed to death by people ten years ago, fifteen years ago. Yeah. Um yeah, I think I think they did a really good job of not of like they used her very effectively while you ran through. It's not like overbearing or anything like that.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um Cozy, what do you think of GLaDOS broadly? Be- like, at liked- least GLaDOS through the game as opposed to like just at the end. Because we'll talk about the end in a bit but yeah
2: I think I liked GLaDOS I think the tone was correct and like it was witty enough to like land in the way they wanted it to it like I think I appreciate the way it like they GLaDOS like used like corporate jargon <laughs> of like promising you rewards or like mm-hmm. and but like the way they kind of like break the um you know it's there's a lot of like congratulations insert name here your uh (laughs) you are your equipment is now worth more than the uh all of the people in insert subject hometown here like they did a lot of that kind of stuff that i think worked and um it like the tone reminded me a lot of the narrator from what's the game we played with the little yellow line like the storyline
1: oh Um, um
2: that kyle pitched um the beginner's guide no
0: Oh, it's not that oh, one. It's this the Stanley is, re- Parable. I, 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 yeah, yes, the Stanley, Stanley parable. parable. I was gonna say a, a, an an expanded one just came out. Yeah,
2: yeah. It so did. it it the narrator felt a lot mm-hmm. like the Stanley Parable, where like again, you were never quite sure if like GLaDOS was like on like telling the truth or like antagonizing you. Um, well, GLaDOS so openly
1: lies good. to you in like the second level. <laughs> um, yeah, and so it establishes her as like a as an unreliable narrator early yeah and so i think that helps i think that like corporate speak piece is the piece where i'm like could have so easily not worked could have i've i have played i may pitch to you cody later in the history of our or in the history in the future (laughs) of our podcast um uh games that i think don't do this well and i think are like worth playing anyway but that are like overly corporate you know use corporate speak to evoke like dystopia and do it Mm -hmm. too heavy-handedly um and i think like you said this walked right up to the line and just like didn't didn't quite get there there's so such good like little i think it helps that she's not constantly talking there's the level i called out that she is sort of like antagonizing you and trying to get you to quit the whole level but most of the time she kind of says something at the end of the level. She says something if you like move to a different section and she says stuff in the elevator, the loading screen, basically between levels and at the start. But while you're like sussing up the puzzles and like trying stuff, GLaDOS is mostly not talking to you. Um, and I think that decision is basically correct. And then again, the, the like dialogue piece is pretty good. Cozy's like insert name here and insert hometown here stuff is a good call out there's a line about how cake and grief counseling will be available at the conclusion of the test. Uh, They do a lot of that, like juxtaposition of like nice thing. And then like sudden (laughs) real, you (laughs) know, the thing I called it at the start of like, I hope you've enjoyed relaxing in the like subject detention area. Or like, I think it's, I think it says, thank you for choosing to relax in the detention area or something like that. Like there's a lot of that sort of like twist stuff that, uh she has few enough lines that they don't and the game is short enough that it doesn't grade on you, I think.
0: Yeah, and I think um the referring to the shortness, I think that's something that is a benefit to it being shorter. Is, you know, if this was ten hours of just GLaDOS speaking and they just kept like piling on more voice lines, like it could have gotten old over that time. Yeah. But like given it's such a it's such a concise playthrough that like it gets through exactly what it wants you to get through. And that's it with like no cruft. Um, you know, I think, I think that's a benefit to the game overall. I say yeah. that. And then portal two, I think I might like even better than portal one. And that's like four Much times longer. as long, but,
1: but, um, but at least for this game, the way they do it, I think is pretty, is pretty good. Yeah. So into, so, like, as you play through, again, like, it's basically the beginning. I I wrote at one point, why the fuck am I doing this? Like, mm-hmm. why is my character he- here? And, like, what is the... Like, what is happening in this game? You were just, like, going through these levels. You see no other human over the course of the entire game. You see no mm. other sentience other than GLaDOS. At any point in the game, other than yourself, I guess there are some robots who you can believe uh, whether they're controlled by GLaDOS or not. Um, or whether they are bodies for GLaDOS or not. Um, but, like, you see no one else. And I'm just like, I don't understand why I'm doing this. It's not explained in the game at all. Which I'm basically fine with. It's just, It's not... It's not a mystery. Like, the point is that... Like, I thought there was a world. I thought there would be a world where you find out, like, your character came here to, like, investigate something. Mm. Um, Or, you know, like, that's kind of what it reminded me of a little bit. Um, And it doesn't... It never explains who your character is or, like, what their significance other than that they're a test subject that GLaDOS is running experiments on. Um Again, I think it's okay. I think that's something that's maybe different if it's way longer. If it's if I'm like it there's a world where it gets repetitive if it doesn't feel like there's a bigger world beyond it really. Um But it's it's short and it's simple and it just like keeps it short and simple. It knows to not pack way too much narrative into like again, what is fundamentally a puzzle game. Yeah. Um and so I think I think that was kind of a fun good call. I'm glad it's not a game where like I want to be reading mountains of found text. It's not an immersive sim and it yeah. doesn't like try to be an immersive sim.
0: And I think I think more than anything I'm guessing I'm going on a limb here that you probably haven't played any of the Half-Life games. I have not. So Portal is set in the same universe as Half-Life and so I think more than anything as opposed to like it telling some big story. I see it as just like adding more color to the Half-Life universe more yeah. than anything. Because like Aperture Science is a company that does like projects like this alongside another company called Black Mesa. Yeah, um, and so um, I think, yeah, I think it just adds color to that universe more than anything.
1: Yeah, I think so. I wound up looking that up later post finale of the game to figure that Mm -hmm. out but you are correct that i've i have never played any of the half-life games yeah um so that is that makes sense so as you play through you're going through these different tests it starts again they're pretty simple stuff um it introduces a mechanic of like this electric sort of like ball that bounces through that you need to like use your portals to like make the ball go into different areas and like hit a little target to like open up doors uh, but if the ball hits you you die <laughs> like you just die <laughs> immediately so like the tests get dangerous um that roughly as they start to get a little bit more dangerous when you get the like cake and grief counseling will be available at the conclusion of the test um And then it starts to introduce their, like, pools of acid start to appear at the bottom. Like, oh, like, it's getting, like, legitimately, like, the danger now is, like, part of the test. Um, Roughly around that time is when they also introduce speed. There's a point, it's chapter 15 is the same part where there's acid on the floor. And they introduce the mechanic I sort of talked about earlier, where you have to like
2: momentum jumping
1: yes momentum jumping where Mm -hmm. you have to like shoot a hole go through the hole and then like pop out of a higher hole and then you need to shoot a new hole beneath your feet as you're falling and it becomes that's why i call it like a puzzle platformer like it's still 80 percent a puzzle game but there are like platform elements also at the same time um which I think sets it apart from like most puzzle games I've played in the past. Like Outer Wild, it, in that sense, in that every game has to remind me of Outer Wilds in some way, <laughs> that that reminded me of Outer Wilds a little bit. Where it's much more of a puzzle game than it is like an action-adventure game. But there are some like action-adventure, you know, you have to be able to do stuff fast. You have to be yeah. able to shoot while moving Uh, it's not, you know, it's not literally just, like, solving the puzzle.
0: Yeah, there's a lot more that comes into it as you go, and it, you know, it all kind of culminates in a sort of speed challenge at the very end, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, it does, it it eases you to that point, um, which Mm -hmm. I think is, I'm, which I think is something that the game does as a whole really well overall throughout the game, but.
1: Yeah, in general. There's definitely like a like I said, the, the first ten levels were like very easy. I, I mean I yes. told Cozy like So I played this in two sittings and I got through level like twelve or thirteen okay. in like an hour. Yep. Um and I was like, so <sighs> I looked up the how long to beat, and it says three hours, and it's very conclusively like three hours. And I'm like, so I can see that there are 19 listed levels, because as you go, there's a little thing on the wall, every level of, like, what you are of 19. And I'm like, I do not believe that the final seven levels are twice as long as the first 12. (laughs) So, and I don't believe that I'm great at puzzle games, so, like, something's gonna happen. Like, something... Weird. And the thing, part of what happens is the puzzles get more intense. After level 16 is when you first get placed into a live fire course where these like (laughs) androids shoot at you while you're portaling around. You need to like knock them over and they explode. Um, It took me
2: embarrassingly long to figure out you could drop a crate from above them. I was like trying to drop them on each other, trying to like fall on them to like knock them over. And I was like, why am I not dropping these crates on them? (laughs)
0: Or yeah. you can uh, pick them up and throw <gasps> them at each other. You
1: can, yeah. It took me a long time to figure out you can throw things. That mm. you don't just have to drop. I don't
2: think I once threw something. Amazing.
1: You <laughs> yeah. don't really need to. Like, it didn't really... There's usually easier ways to, like, drop something on them or drop right behind them and then just pick them up. Um, if you pick them up and put them down and they fall over, they die. Just the same as if you threw them. Yeah. Um,
2: Yeah, I eventually discovered you could also use the cubes as a shield and just run straight at them as long as you were holding one. So that was helpful, too. Yeah, the remote... After I died a lot to the to the shooty things to be clear did i figure any of this out
1: (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i i figured that out pretty early like you could pick up anything really and like run at them i would like i'm not sure how much of this is intended and how much of this is me like cheesing this because i'd pick up like very small things and get shot a ton and just barely not die and like knock the thing over um but it's it's fine it worked out um can you not kill the companion cube?
0: Uh, I don't believe so. I'm Okay. I think can we throw you something
2: have... else in the like incinerator to open the door maybe?
0: Uh I I feel like it's probably got a voice line that like she gets mad at you or something if you throw something else in.
1: You should look it up because I did feel bad about the companion cube, which I think is a victory yeah, of too. the game to make me feel bad about a, just a hunk of metal. Um, you're given this companion cube, which is identical to all of the other just random cubes that you're given to like help move through the levels, but it has a heart on it, and GLaDOS says it's your companion cube, and that it's friendly. <laughs> I <laughs> and, love companion
2: cubes.
0: <laughs> uh, well, technically, I guess you could just uh, not put it in the fire and just stay with it forever.
1: Sure. <laughs> sure, true. <laughs> then you um, can save it. But yes, at the end of the level, GLaDOS makes you incinerate the cube, um, which feels cruel, which is like the (laughs) first time that you see like cruelty from like without purpose, like there's no, uh, it's just cruel. When Um, I also
2: kind of appreciated that I because I what I expected to happen was you're gonna have to sacrifice companion cube to like solve a puzzle. Yeah. And yeah. instead GLaDOS tells you to incinerate Companion Cube like for it's part no of the reason. experiment to like per- like it's not you need Companion Cube in the fire to jump over something or whatever like it's uh GLaDOS is telling you and and then GLaDOS gets mad at you for killing Companion Cube to solve the puzzle it's no GLaDOS is uh telling you to kill Companion Cube.
0: Yeah. Yeah, just like, oh, yeah, good job. You finished it. Now it's time to euthanize the cube to keep going. It's like, yeah.
1: Uh, Which is the same thing that happens to you in the end. But regardless, um, (laughs) so it moves on. Eventually, you can start to see the like appleification of the lab kind of fades. There are pieces of the wall that are like broken. You can see behind it. It gave me very, very strong... Uh, Dr. Langoskov the tiger, and the yeah. hidden emerald heist game, or whatever that game is called, uh, which is a game everyone should play, and we should <laughs> link in the show notes because it's fifteen minutes and it costs like one dollar. <laughs> um, but it's very. I think it
2: might be. F- I think it might be free.
1: It might. Uh, sure. Either way, you should play it, um, and it gave me those vibes of like it's letting you peek behind the curtain a little bit. Um, Again, very strong vibes that, like, something is wrong here. Mm -hmm. Um, Level 18 of 19 is... Is
2: where I almost quit the game.
1: You almost quit the game?
2: No, but I sincerely (laughs) thought about needing a break. Which part? Isn't that the one where you had to, like, shoot the, like, 10 portals in a row? Yes. climbing up these, like, platforms? Uh Mm
1: Uh-huh.
2: And I, like just died so many times and it was right after the freaking things kept shooting me i was just like i can't um, i wanted a puzzle game not a shooter I, where have, I kept dying i
1: have a similar note but with the word platformer put it instead of shooter <laughs> where shooter. cody you have snuck another platformer in front of me <laughs> and i don't forgive you i have um, indeed
0: <laughs> i also hey, failed I that did part ha- I did tell you when I pitched it that it was a puzzle platformer. You so. did, you did.
1: Um, <laughs> but it wasn't really in that until that moment, or it wasn't that difficult until that moment when you have to like jump in a portal. Um, you basically have to like consecutively fall into five different portals that you're like putting all over the route at different times without missing any of them. And yep. if you miss any, you have to restart. And it was so aggravating when I would like get a couple in, and then I would go through a portal, and then my camera would be like the walls all kind of look the same because it's a game from 2006. Uh-huh. Um, and so, like, I couldn't tell where I was like oriented. And then by the time I like figured out where I was in the air, it was like too late to put the next portal down. And I was like, oh my God. Um, so that part was frustrating, but I also hate platformers, so I think that ties in. <laughs> um, level 18 is also the first time I had to look up a walkthrough. There is a section where you are you get basically like trapped in a room and a bunch of turrets pop out at you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got rid of all the turrets. I basically figured everything out in hindsight, but I like, couldn't figure out how to get out of that room and there's a thing where like a you can press a button and a little like platform thing pops out of the wall and you can like sneak oh. behind it or like underneath it and i'm not explaining this very well but there's like a a little extendy arm that like pushes out a panel and because the arm pushes the panel out you can like sneak in the hole where that panel was and get out of the room and that's, like, foreshadowed earlier in the game, where you have to move behind a panel and one of these arms. But, like, I didn't see the arm pushing this panel out. Um, and so I truly just, like, did not know where to go. Um, like, I I didn't... I, I wasn't, like, frustrated exactly, but I was just like, I've I feel like I've touched everything and I just, like, don't see a way out and so i looked up like a a walkthrough of that level and as soon as i like saw the the slightly different angle where you can see that this panel going out is one of those extendy arms i was like oh i get that i need to walk through but i just like didn't see that there was no way i was ever going to just like intuit that that's what i had to do
0: well and yeah because if i remember right the button is like all the way across the room (laughs) the panel doesn't stay out for very long and you just have like a head-on view of that panel Correct. So you can see it like pop out straight on and like tilt, but that's like it.
1: Yeah. If you're not next to it when it's happening, you you wouldn't know that it needs to be pushed out, or you wouldn't know very like easily. And so that I like played with it for like ten minutes, and I was just like, I just don't. I'm missing something. Like I just yeah. don't know where I'm going. Um. But that's the only. That's the only part in the first nineteen levels. Um that I needed to look up a guide, which felt like a victory for me. Um, At the end of level 19, you get put on, like, a little conveyor belt. Um, Again, you need to, like, go quickly um, to, like, not get knocked off this conveyor belt and use portals creatively to, like, stay on it while it moves as, like, hazards go across it. And then you're told you win. And then the little... Platform you are on turns into an incinerator. Like it, it turns the corner and starts heading toward an incinerator. And Gladys <laughs> is like, "Good luck, like or thanks for playing. Like it's been nice knowing you. Time yeah, to like, like kill you now."
0: Yeah, basically, like hey, just be glad that all of our technology is safe up to like four thousand degrees, so that the the gun will be fine.
1: Yeah, the gun will be fine. Um, you of course use portals creatively to escape. Um, And then there are basically five levels of you, like, climbing through the air ducts of this facility and trying to, like, escape GLaDOS as there are androids and, like, rocket launchers shooting at you um, as GLaDOS, like... Yells at you, slash tries to bribe you with cake to stop running away, slash tries to tries tell to befriend
2: you, you by being like, "Wasn't it funny when I pretended I was going to kill you?"
1: Yeah, tries <laughs> to tell you that she's throwing a party for you, and that you should just stay put until someone comes and handcuffs you to lead you to your party. <laughs> um, and you sort of traverse through the back end of this facility. Uh, This is the only other part where I looked up a guide, I looked up a guide once or twice, because I truly could not tell what I was looking at in some of these levels, where I was just like, I don't, every wall looks identical to me, and I, like, cannot, I have no sense of direction, I, like, don't know where I'm going.
0: Yeah, it, a lot, there was a number of sections that aren't, like, super intuitive as to where you're supposed to. Like, what direction you're supposed to be heading in exactly. but
1: Yeah, I think that's part of what I learned about myself playing this game. Is, like, um, I didn't ever really, like, lose patience with the um, portaling puzzles. Where I could, like, see all of the mechanics of a puzzle. I could see all the different walls that I could bounce things off of. I could see how they interacted with each other, but I just hadn't, like, figured out how to manipulate them the way I needed to yet. Um, I never felt a pull to, like, look up a guide in those parts. The place that makes me so quick to, like, look up a guide is when I feel like I'm missing something. Where I'm like, I have looked at this and I don't know if I'm on the right track. Like if I'm looking at it and I'm like, I know I'm on the right track. I know I haven't like missed a thing. I just haven't figured it out yet. The thing that stresses me playing these games is the thought of like, I I don't know if I'm even on the right track. Like, am I totally missing something? Am I actually like, did I go backwards and I'm like the third room back or that other room where I'm like, I have to be missing something it can't possibly be that I'm just, like, too dumb to have figured out the solution. I think I just literally, like, didn't see something I needed to see. And, like, those are the pieces that are frustrating. And I think, like, every puzzle game has that to an extent that I have played. Um, And this had it relatively few times, but it's those moments that, like, made me not have fun in those moments. Yeah, I play and I think... a
2: lot of puzzle games and I don't <laughs> think there's one I've played without looking something up on yeah. a guide. Mm. Like, I do think that's just kind of inherent to, like, the genre a little is there is a part where, like, you are missing something or you are, like, you are just not going to be able to, like, solve it. And I think the more I've played puzzle games, the better I've gotten at figuring out when I am stuck or when I am just, like, haven't spent enough time on it.
1: Yeah, because at the end of the and, day, like... Yeah. The thing you want from a puzzle game is to feel like you spotted something that was hard to spot and that you, like, yeah. sussed it out. But what is hard to spot or, like, you know, there are probably some people who would have a, have had a much easier time orienting themselves in the air than I did. Or, like, people who had a much easier time navigating. I have a famously horrifyingly bad sense of direction. And so, like, when I'm...
2: yeah. And okay, cozy. Like, you don't need that Yeah. <laughs> there was... Uh, Cody, I know you haven't finished Echoes of the Eye, but there were parts of Echoes of the Eye where I had to be the controller because Tim couldn't figure out where we were ever. Okay.
0: <laughs> um, well, and I think, you know, part of that like sense of direction thing, um, you know, I have that too in this game because there'd be times where you'd put a portal in one place and launch yourself out of it and... It, like think that you're gonna go through fine and it's like you come through out upside down or yeah. whatever, and your f- camera flips all over and
1: mm-hmm. it, yeah. yeah,
0: it can very it can throw you off very quickly
1: that that is truly my only complaint with the portal mechanic. like I really, really liked that mechanic. I just wish it like oriented you consistently yeah. in some way and it just does not so yeah, you move through all of these sort of like, Back areas, you also start to see like graffiti on the wall. That's where you see the like famous, the cake is a lie. Um, note that, again, growing up in the early 2000s, the cake is a lie became like a meme phrase. Mm-hmm. I sort of had forgotten. I think I knew at one point that it was from Portal, but I kind of had forgotten the whole time. GLaDOS is like promising you that you'll get cake at the end of the test. Um, and you see like the cake is a lie like scrawled on the wall implication being i think you find like a little thing in the environment implying that you are like the 40 something test subject um also but implying like glados just keeps doing this with people that she gets from question mark yeah um but eventually you go through the facility you find glados who's this huge sort of like mass of balls of like mechanical round eyeballs basically Um, GLaDOS, uh, tells you that she's going to, like, fill the room with this, like, toxic gas to kill you once and for all. Um, also starts to try to shoot you with rocket launchers. You can use the portals to, like, manipulate the rocket launcher to hit GLaDOS, breaking pieces of her off. Which you can then throw in the incinerator, just like you did to your friend Companion Cube. Um, eventually, if you do that enough times, GLaDOS explodes and dies, the facility explodes um, you float upwards as, as into a bright white light and emerge outside of the facility um, the game ends and GLaDOS sings a song uh, still alive a song I've heard many times and played many times in rock band, never knew <laughs> that that was from this game Absolutely no idea. Um great song. Like hilarious. Like very funny. It's this jokey song from GLaDOS's perspective after you kill question mark her. Um great song. If you I mean you should just play this game, but it's it is it's a good it's a good take. Um overall, like I think that boss fight was really good. Like it's it's not that hard. Like it's not a super I, – I didn't understand that it broke a piece off that I needed to throw in the incinerator. So I like hit GLaDOS with the rocket launcher once and then I spent like – it's it's also timed. You have six total minutes to beat it. Um, I spent like three and a half minutes just sort of like waiting for the next rocket launcher to <laughs> pop up. Being like I don't – I'm like looking around the room. I don't see it. And then I saw like the eyeball and I was like, oh, uh, shit. Okay. <laughs> and so I like I didn't do it in time the first time, but the second time like I'd figured it out. I think it's pretty well. It feels more like a victory lap than it feels like a really difficult boss fight. Yeah. Um, but I think that's that's fine.
0: Well, and I think I think that's another example of them doing a really good job of like showing you what you need to do in a in a no stakes environment. And so then when you saw that there was that ball that you had to throw in the incinerator, even though it took a while to see it, once you saw it, you knew exactly what you needed to do with it. Because when you first walked into the room, one fell. And you mm-hmm. could have walked around, like, for five minutes not knowing what to do with it and went and tossed it in. And that, like, shows you, like, that's what you do with it. Yeah. They, I think I think they over... do that a lot in the game. And yeah.
2: And also the only reason you know what an, the incinerator does is because you had to torch companion cube. Mm-hmm
1: true yeah i think overall this game does a very very good job even like i said of the piece that frustrated me of like going behind the little arm like they foreshadow a lot of these like mechanics they don't really ever expect you to like do something totally new until you've seen it once yep um and i think like Sometimes you need to do it in a slightly different context or a slightly different way, but like overall, it does a really good job of like. I think that's that is where I see when you you had said like it ramps the difficulty well mm-hmm. um, in moments like that where like truly my like eyes just didn't see the ball thing, but as soon as I saw it, I was like ah okay, so I need I knew I know I need to put a portal by the incinerator, put the ball by the incinerator, go up open the incinerator at the switch, jump into a portal so I appear right next to it, and then throw the eye in before the incinerator. Like, I knew all of that as soon as I saw the thing. It's just like, do you see the thing or not? And again, in 25 levels, basically, I, like, didn't see something, like, three or four total times, and three of them came down to my sense of direction. So I think that's (laughs) pretty well.
0: Yeah. And yeah, I mean, they use that like, the, the other th- time I thought that that was notable was with, like, the rocket launcher. I think you walk into yeah. a room, and it aims at you and shoots at you, and it breaks the glass. And so you learn, like, okay, the rocket launcher breaks the glass, and it aims at you. And you see glass on the opposite side. Yeah. And so you know you can—you it you learn in an environment that was no stakes, because you, it can't kill you on that first shot, that you can run around, and it'll target you, and it can break the other glass. And mm-hmm. then you've now learned that you can control where the rocket launcher is firing.
1: Yeah. I think it does a good job of that. Um I think that's most of the stuff. I also wanted to call out uh the music in this game was really good. Um mm-hmm. and it's got a really, really solid, pretty like low impact sci-fi synth soundtrack that's that's I, I think nowadays I consider it conventional. I don't know how conventional it was, you know, 15 years ago. Um, but like, it just does a really, really good job. When you're heading towards the incinerator, the music in that moment is really good. It, it's not a game like Outer Wilds, where it's like trying to make the music part of the thing. Um, but the music it uses is really well done and still alive. Again, great song. Great lyrics. Very funny. Um, so I think th- I think that piece was really good too. But yeah, I think that's the those are my big thoughts. Cozy anything else from you playing through that you wanted to talk about?
2: No, I think overall it was a really good game. I'm glad I finally got around to playing it. It's been on my list forever.
0: <laughs> well, good. Yeah, the the other thing was um you had called out uh earlier like around like level, I don't know, 15 or 16 that you had seen a part where like one of the little arms was stuck open. Did you, like, figure out that you can go into those rooms beforehand?
1: Yes. Yeah. So that's, like, as soon as I saw the video and I saw that that panel when it opened was one of those arms, I was like, oh, I know exactly what it wants me to do. Like, I I knew that you could move through that. I think I had done it and, like, moved into a room.
0: Um, Yeah, because you got, like, a glimpse of some of that, like, writing on the walls and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, that's like a the first bit ahead of time. Yeah, I think it's like again, I think it's like 15 introduces the acid. I could be getting this wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's roughly 15 introduces the acid. Level 16 is the live firing one, and then from there through 19, it gets progressively like creepier and like yeah. dystopian and like run down.
0: Yeah, like glitchier too cuz like the one yeah. where it's stuck open it's like trying to close and there's a bunch of the like cubes in the way that it can't close. Um but yeah. Yeah.
1: It it part, that part reminded me of like an escape room that hasn't been put together well. You know, how every <laughs> every like third escape room you do has uh-huh. like a couple pieces where it's like this is like a little bit broken. <laughs> like this, is yeah. a, this doesn't quite work. It uh it gets more and more like that towards the end of the game.
0: Yeah. Well, cool. I think all that's left is uh, for you to give your final verdict. So, Tim, uh, would you give Portal a yaw or a nah?
1: I would definitely give Portal a yaw. Um, There's still parts of this game that I... It it hasn't sold me on puzzle games as a construct, nor definitely not platformers. Um, (laughs) I definitely liked the puzzle parts more than the platform parts. We'll get there. Um, Okay, you keep telling yourself <laughs> that. Um But like I haven't played a puzzle game before that made me want to, the games I really like, like Football Manager, you constantly find yourself going like I'm just gonna sim through one more week. Like I'm just gonna you know, you're playing Civ and you're like, I'm just gonna do one more day um multiple times. The first session, in theory, I told myself, I'm just gonna do the first ten levels. And I wound up doing 13 because oh, I just want to see one more level. Like, I just mm-hmm. want to do one more thing. Um, and I think I already talked about, like, liking the story generally and liking GLaDOS. But, like, I haven't played a puzzle game before. Again, I don't really count Outer Wilds as a puzzle game. Um, I I haven't played a game like this that made me want to keep playing it as opposed to want to just get through it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I really like this. It convinced me to add Portal Two to my to-do list, so I will play that at some point. Um, so yeah, I, I thought it was really good.
0: Cool. Well, I'm definitely glad to hear that because yeah, I think Portal Two is, uh, it it just continues ramping things up. It adds some new mechanics that work with the portals and different stuff like that that makes it that makes the puzzles even more interesting, but also. Uh, that is a game where some of the puzzles i i i know I had to look up walkthroughs for for sure for at least a couple of them because they got i got a little lost <laughs> yeah but i believe it awesome I'm glad cozy i'm assuming
1: i'm assuming you're a yaw that's because you already said you liked it
2: yeah i'm a Yaw on portal
1: nice cool all right
0: glad to hear it
1: is that your transition glad to hear it I seems kind know. of anticlimactic <laughs> hmm. let me think <laughs> nothing's better podcast audio than one of the hosts saying thinking in silence <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right and now it's time to head over to cozy's corner and see what she's got for us today so cozy go ahead and take it away
2: all right um so today's podcast middle segment is titled cozy's rapid rants um so these are things i want to rant about but they're not long like they're not enough to talk about for them to be full rants so i have three of them
1: great what (laughs) is the difference between a rapid rant and a hot take
2: um hot takes are controversial and rapid rants aren't
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay got it
2: (laughs) i mean maybe they will be we'll see i guess
0: I
1: feel I like a think
2: hot so, take though. is
0: usually like a... It's like a one-sentence thing. When I think of a hot take, I think of like a, a really, really quick thing. True. The, the rapidest like of rant. Rapid rant feels like a three-sentence thing. Makes sense. That's right. Some of
2: these at. are not three sentences. <laughs> 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 okay, but here we go. Rapid rant number one. Why does every true crime story need to first be an investigative article then become a podcast, then become a documentary, then become a docu-series, and why do I feel compelled to watch them all, even though I know exactly what the story is every time?
0: I truly have no idea what you're talking about. Are you you saying that they're all, like, retellings of the same story, just, like, in different formats?
2: and I feel like there's been a ton of them lately. For example, The Staircase. Are you guys familiar with The Staircase?
0: No, I am not.
1: I'm familiar with A Staircase. There's a documentary from
2: 2004 that got popular, I think, in like 2012, 2013, when they released additional episodes, slash it became, it came on Netflix at some point. Um, It's just a true crime story. This woman was found dead at the bottom of a staircase. Her husband called 911. They, the police came. There was a lot of blood, so they charged him with the murder, and then, this was in, like, 2001, when, like, not everything was a do- true crime documentary, but basically, he had, like, a camera crew follow him for, like, the whole trial. It was, like, this do- French documentary crew who was doing a, a story on uh, the justice system in America that was what their documentary was going to be about, so they chose this case as, like, the example one, and there's hot debate about whether he did it or not, um there's like a really famous fan theory that's not even mentioned in the documentary that like a barn owl came in and like attacked this uh his wife and that's how she died at the bottom of a staircase um there's like twists and turns in this documentary uh like it turns out that someone else he knew was found dead at the bottom of a staircase um it's like the he ended up it's like a like their neighbor from when they lived in Germany, whose kids he ended up adopting, she was also found dead at the bottom of the staircase. So that adds another like wrinkle to this case. Anyway, this isn't a rant about the staircase. Sorry, so what is I the thought... rant?
1: I've lost the plot a little bit.
2: Okay, so this is this just happened with the staircase. The staircase is a documentary, that's how most people know it, but. It also just came out on HBO as a docu-series, a docu-drama, so it's now, like, a fictionalized retelling of The Staircase, uh, already a documentary series, so it doesn't need to have a docu-drama. Like, we already know exactly what happened because it's a documentary, (laughs) like, it's an eight-episode, I think it's 12 by the time they release the second part, like, docu-series about this case, like, everyone knows everything about this case. But for some reason, HBO decided to produce a docudrama, and I felt really compelled to watch it and then rewatch the docu-series. Why? Why are they doing this to me? Because then also they're going to just... watch
0: it and they get money.
2: I know. There's like the Inventing Anna one just came out too, where it was like, again, a lot of these started out as like these, like, in-depth investigative journaling articles that of course I've read and then they become like podcasts which of course I've listened to and then it becomes a documentary which of course I'm gonna watch now they're all docu-series on Hulu which again I'm gonna have to watch I have to reread slash watch all the other things to remember the story even though it's all the same story I know exactly what happens in it I just feel like every time they repackage it I'm gonna consume it again I now see why they're doing it. It's because I will yeah, continue
1: This is to the reason. It. You've answered your own question within well, the yeah, <sighs> So the question
0: but is, is just... it for people like you who will consume all of them, or people like me who would certainly only consume one of them?
2: Which one, though?
1: Mm, that's like, a good what question. What
2: format I mean. are you most interested in?
0: Not the article. Too much reading.
1: <laughs> uh... <laughs> I'm exactly the opposite. I want the article because I can get it in the least <laughs> amount of time. Because I get the thing in ten minutes of reading, and then I'm done. And I don't have to spend hours watching a show or listening to a podcast.
0: Yeah, I don't want to spend hours either. So, like, if there is, like, a an hour and a half documentary, I think that would be what I would go for.
2: Sure, sure.
0: I certainly wouldn't watch the fictionalized docudrama.
1: <laughs> so your rant, Mostly Cozy, is at yourself for getting hooked every time
2: <laughs> yes um i and i don't know what it. it i think i i had this happened with the the oj when all the oj like documentaries and docudramas came out i re-watched slash listened to podcasts about that case again because i'm sure i've like consumed media about that case before i don't even care about the oj trial i think it's like overdone but i was i was curious how they would portray it in the media. And I think that's the part that like keeps me specifically coming back because it's like I know they don't have new information to share through this new medium. Yeah. Or I would know about it because again, like (laughs) the staircase is a pretty popular (laughs) like most people who consume true crime media are familiar with the staircase because As far as
1: murders go, it's a popular one.
2: (laughs) Quintessential like it's like the Staircase and like the Jinx were like the true crime documentaries in 20 before Serial. Basically, before Serial came and like they all took off.
1: BS. 20 before S. Those were like the my favorite.
2: Two. <laughs> <laughs> what year was Serial? I don't know. Um what year was Serial?
1: Uh like 2015-ish, plus or yeah. minus a year or two. Yeah. F-
2: yeah, so like drink the Jinx and the Staircase were like the only ones that really were popular that i'm aware of before that and then serial happened and then all the true crime documentaries took off wasn't like
1: john benet ramsey like the big thing
2: oh that that one has a docu drama and a docu series also and then cbs <laughs> did a re this is not a rant so this monster, is the rapid
1: way right
2: <laughs> yeah well i didn't expect you guys to not know what the staircase was to be honest. <laughs>
1: <laughs> will this will it turn
0: into an even longer rant if i also tell you i don't know what the jinx is i know the, um, i know jinx the
1: pokemon oh man this might need to be its own middle segment in the future <laughs> Yeah, it might need it's, to. Be, it's uh, truly the story of the jinx is a good one maybe cozy can tell us read us the jinx as a bedtime story as a middle segment in the future Yeah, we, can, we go
2: we'll go into it in the future they did mention the jinx in only murders in the building and it was uh very good a very yes, good it's a great
1: reference in that show but um <laughs>
2: so anyway uh i mean and i i just think the like there was like the story of the um i can't it's coming out on hulu they have like a docu drama i think about like it was the one where the um there's like a girlfriend and boyfriend and the girlfriend was accused of like encouraging her boyfriend to commit suicide
1: yeah there's a story Um, from it happened in boston i think
2: yeah and I know I've read the article about it so it's just like a really unusual thing um and like an unusual like there's not really precedent for that like being a crime so that's why it like became really like famous Mm. slash uh like people why people were interested in but now that's becoming a docuseries which that one I'm like not sure I'm actually interested in watching but we'll see probably we'll end up watching it at some point oh my god um I'm not interested in buying Hulu to watch it, and I don't have Hulu right now, so... You'll find Um, a reason
1: to buy Hulu. But if I buy Hulu for
2: Only Murders in the Building Season 2, will I maybe check this out? Who knows? Who could say what I will uh, watch uh, if I browse through Hulu and find it? (laughs) Anyway, I just don't... I don't know. I feel like I don't understand why people keep coming out with them, but then I also keep considering them, so it's just... True crime is weird. I feel conflicted about liking it. End of rant.
0: (laughs) And yet, and yet, we'll endlessly reconsume the same stories.
2: Endlessly. All
0: right, so that was rant number one. What do we got for number two?
2: Okay, um, I really think this one will be shorter. Um, Sure. The best viewing experience I've had in a very long time is the season one finale of Severance. Hmm. Interesting. And I'm upset that you guys haven't seen Severance yet because I can't talk about it because it's spoilery to explain why it is so good. But it was just like so engrossing, incredibly compelling, such a good finale of a show for ways, again, I cannot explain. So um, at some point you will need to watch Severance so we can talk about it. But it was so good. It was just like I have not felt as engrossed in a tv show in a very long time
0: it is uh it is very high on the list wait so is the rant that you're mad that we haven't watched it
2: no the rant is that it's really good um <laughs> i just can't talk about it
0: oh i see i see okay
1: got it
2: <laughs> it's both it's both it's really good and i need you guys to watch it so we can talk about it <laughs> all, right, yeah. all right
1: it's on the
0: list it, it is on the list
2: Okay, well, maybe in twenty twenty three, you guys will get two severance. <laughs> don't
0: hey, set my, your I, bar too uh, high. <laughs> I, I tend to get to things. It's I don't usually make a hundred item long list like Tim. I will have a, a what three was your item how,
2: list. how long is your Star Wars video game list uh, that doesn't count. that you mentioned at the top of the podcast? <laughs> that doesn't count. <laughs> okay, there's only like one hundred and fifty. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Rapid rant number three. I wa- I watch a lot of competition reality shows while I do other things like Great British Bake Off, Project Runway, uh, that Lego Masters show, etc. The worst part of those shows are the host and any segment designed for the host to be quote-unquote funny. And the <laughs> shows would be a lot better if they just did not have the host try to be funny.
1: I 100% agree. I think this is the most true in... Um... What's the one with Nicole Byer where shitty bakers bake things shittily? Nailed it. Nailed it. Nicole Byer is funny. Is like a funny person. And the show does not do a good job. Like it never sets its hosts up to be anything other than awkward.
2: Yeah. No, because it's all like, it's all like pun based humor primarily. It's like, there's just like. These people are, like, funny, like, improvers and funny as, like, people. They're not funny when you, like, set these weird things up for them to be funny. Like, Nick Offerman and Amy Poehler have a reality mm-hmm. show called Making It. Where, or, I think that's what it's called.
0: I think it's Making It. Something yeah. like that.
2: And it's, like, uh, they have, like, DIYers on and they, like, have a bunch of challenges. Any, so Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman, both incredibly funny actors. In that show not funny anytime it's just the two of them on screen it's like not it's just like it's not what i'm there for it's not well set up for humor and i just feel like it would be better if they just let them host the show and not worry about trying to like have them have segments or have them try to be funny because it just like ruins the rest of the show like the part that's interesting about these shows is watching these people who are like good at a thing do the thing well. That's what I'm here for. I'm not here for these non-funny segments.
0: Yeah, I just... I'm not sure who the who the audience is for those segments on the shows. Yeah. Like, it just... I don't know who they're adding the color for exactly. Because, yeah, I mean, you you can still have them host. And they're, right. you know, big enough names that they're going to draw people to the show. But...
2: Right. And if they can like riff with the guests, like there's something to being a good like host on these shows or like, I think Project Runway actually does this better because they, the host in Project Runway don't try to be funny. They are just there to like do a good job hosting and like judging the show. Like you have like Tim Gunn who just like, is there to, like, support and advise the, like, contestants and stuff. And, like, Tim Gunn is not trying to be funny ever. Sometimes Tim Gunn is funny, but he's, like, not doing bits. He's just, like, being a person. Yeah. Um And, like, that's that's the part that's, like, I think that is one of the shows that, like, does it well. Um And then there's the other shows, again, like, that have funny people and then insist on just making them... Fall flat on their face with these unfunny premises.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, because I mean, you you think of, you know, I think of shows like Taskmaster or another one I had talked about when we talked about that, which was Eight Out of Ten Cats Does Countdown, where like the host does a lot of jokes and stuff, but it's primarily a comedy show. Yeah. So like it's oh it's the right setting for that where like you sure. want the host to be there telling jokes and like doing bits and stuff but yeah when you're tuning into Lego Masters or something like that and you want to watch these people build crazy Lego sculptures and stuff like
2: you don't want to see Will Arnett making bad puns right which he does constantly
1: (laughs) yeah is it possible that some of these people (laughs) are you know like Nicole Byer I think is given absolute shit to work with um on I nailed it I always want to say worth it, and that's not (laughs) correct. Um, I I nailed it. But some of them, like, is it possible Will Arnett's not funny? Is it possible he's, like, an actor and has given funny lines, but isn't that funny in real life?
2: Oh, I think almost certainly, (laughs) with Will Arnett, having watched the LEGO Master show. (laughs) Yeah. Because he interacts with the other humans on the show like he is a character and i feel like that is just how he is all the time like it's as if you sounds lived exhausting. with his character on arrested development um and i think that is a lot
1: <laughs> yeah it sounds like a nightmare yeah
2: i don't know how much of it is a bit or like an act he is putting on but i suspect not all of it <laughs> Anyway, that was my third rant of the rapid rants and some of them did go longer than it just <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, I don't know if I'd describe all three of them as rapid, but
1: I would describe at least half one of, of one as rapid. <laughs> but that's okay. They were good rants. You got to end it. You you host the oh. middle segment. You got to do something to transition us.
2: But <laughs> um <laughs>
0: thoughts. <laughs> This uh, whole episode is just. This gonna be is a mess of really terrible transitions across not the board. good. Yeah. All right, Tim. Now I'm going to hand it over to you. Uh, what do you have for me this week?
1: Yes. So last week, you had mentioned. Wanting to pitch me something that I wouldn't reject, hopefully, because you – maybe you – I don't remember if you mentioned this on the podcast or off the podcast, um, because I have rejected a number of your – or nod a number of your pitches. Um, I don't think you have nod one of mine yet. Um, I'm going to choose to believe that it's because I have immaculate taste and not because I've only pitched you softballs. (laughs) Um, So, this time – In an attempt to stretch my wings, instead of pitching you one thing, I'm going to pitch you four things. Um, And we—four very different things, and see your thoughts. So, I have four albums, in the same way that you pitched me four musical albums in the past, that many of them are very different— from anything you have pitched me. Some of them are very different from music I know you like. Yeah. Um. And so we're going to find out. Because the thing is this. When you had originally pitched me your albums, you'd mentioned the way you listen to music is by listening to albums in order through, like, the full album. Correct. I mostly don't do that. I mostly, like, pluck chunks of albums or just like songs i like from albums i'll listen to the album once or twice first and then like after that i'll just pluck the stuff i like and add them to playlists i have like dozens of different playlists that i bounce back and forth so what i have done is i find four albums i found four albums where that is not the case that i still listen to fully Just the album, front to back. Uh, You know, some of these albums have, like, skits or, like, interlude songs I will skip now, having listened to it a bunch of times. But in general, that I, like, listened to the whole way through. So, it, in theory, should be a good fit for your music sensibilities. As to whether the style is or not, we will find out. (laughs) We'll Um, see. But we'll see. And I also don't know if you've listened to these, because mine are not quite as... um, Esoteric as Wolfpack, but we'll we'll find <laughs> out. Uh well, most of them are not. Yeah. So I'm gonna pitch these to you in order of which I think you are least likely to gnaw them. Um and we'll see if I'm correct in the end. Because I'm pretty sure you will yaw these at least this first one, probably the first two. We'll see about the latter two. Um first up. Have you heard or listened to Phoebe Bridgers? Uh,
0: I am familiar with the name. I've probably heard a song or two, but I haven't, like, gone out and listened to her.
1: Awesome. Phoebe Bridgers is my current obsession. Um, I listen to Phoebe Bridgers incessantly. Um, Phoebe broke out in 2017 with an album called Stranger in the Alps. Um, it's sort. Of, she is sort of like indie rock music. I think the closest comparison that I know you are definitely aware of is First Aid Kit, which you pitched to me. Okay. Um, I think imagine... you mentioned
0: her in when we talked about First Aid Kit.
1: I probably did. Um, it, it's not exactly the same. It's n- definitely not nearly as folky. It's much yeah. more. Uh, imagine more like s- s- much sadder. And slightly slower, uh, and less folky. Um, it's more in that vein. So she okay. came out with a- an album called Stranger in the Alps in 2017. Um, it's very good. It's the one that I like know her from, um, and it's the one her most popular single. It's a song called Motion Sickness, which is like the song that went viral for her and like exploded her into relative music stardom um and it's a good album and it's got good songs it's very there's a lot of very depressing music which i really enjoy there's a song called <laughs> funeral which is like one of the bleakest songs i've heard in my entire life um it's not what i'm pitching you because okay. in 2020 she came out with her second studio album called punisher which i think is spectacular it's it is similar sort of tones but the music is, like, elevated. Like, if you want extra credit, you can also listen to Stranger in the Alps. But it's it's a little bit simpler. There's, there's simple tracks. The songwriting is still really good. Like, I love her songwriting in both albums. But the music is pretty straightforward. And Punisher sees her doing, like, much more interesting things musically. The band behind her is much better. The songwriting is a little less... The album fundamentally is about, like, uh, fragmenting relationships and her own, like, disassociation with the world. Um, Like, it's not a happy album, but it's also not quite so, like, uh, quite so bleak as Stranger in the Alps. Um, And I think it adds, it trades, like, wallowing in, like, breakup songs for depth both in terms of the songwriting and the music and so i think you should definitely listen to it all right sounds uh
0: that does sound more up my alley uh on the indie rock side of things
1: i think so uh the second one the second album i would like to listen uh like you to listen to is an lp um cody are you familiar with the politician mitt romney
0: I am indeed familiar, unfortunately. Uh,
1: are you familiar with the musician Rit Momney? Uh,
0: again, familiar in name only. Uh, Great. I have def- I, I immediately knew that's where you were going with this when you did that. So.
1: <laughs> awesome. Uh, I am pitching you an album called Her and All of My Friends by Rit Momney. Um it's hard to describe exactly what the genre is it's sort of like like a sort of like avant-garde post-pop like electronic um, like it's sort of poppy sort of indie heavy on the auto-tune like heavy on synths um Really hard to describe the genre. I think you're just going to have to check it out. Um, He wrote it when he was about 18. He, unsurprisingly, from the name perhaps, is from Utah. Mm -hmm. um, And, you know, grew up Mormon. uh, And was, like, beginning to lose his faith at the same time, you know, when he was turning 18. As, like, all of his friends went on their Mormon missions and, like, left. I think he had a lot of friends who were, like, older than he was. And so, like, left him by himself. I don't think he went to college, like, that first year out of high school. And so, all of his friends left and went to college. At the same time, he was, like, losing his faith. At the same time, his girlfriend broke up with him and went to college. Uh, And so, he wrote this album called Her and All of My Friends about that, basically. About, like, growing up and moving on. And, like, feeling... You know, I think he didn't go to college because he wanted to pursue music, and so I think he was happy with that. But watched all of his friends leave, watched his faith leave, um, and music from an angsty eighteen-year-old can be up and down. Yep. But I think this album is like stands up. There's lots of other music I listen to. A lot of angsty eighteen-year-old music still. Some okay. of which I definitely won't pitch you, but yeah. I think this is worth listening to. Like the the lyricism and the music, um, does some really cool, interesting, good stuff that I clearly I can't describe because I can't even begin to describe the genre. But
0: yeah, I tried to write down uh, the genre as you were saying it, and I uh, I got a little lost <laughs> <laughs> somewhere around somewhere between poppy and heavy auto tune
1: there you go there you go that you've made it sound like it's gonna be tea pain um it's it's not that but we'll, we'll see you you'll have to report back what genre you think it is because maybe you can right. describe it better than i can we'll see
0: I'll, I'll give it a shot
1: awesome
2: i don't know if you can describe uh, it album worse. three what'd you say I don't know if you can describe it more ambiguously, so you, you might as well take a shot at it.
1: <laughs> Great. I, well, I Googled around to try to figure out. He's not big enough to have a Wikipedia page, so that is normally what I would look at. Um, the only like review I could find didn't describe it in any way. just said, uh, the Salt Lake City musician uh, continues a trend of pushing boundaries of genre. So that's not helpful in terms of uh, <laughs> describing it, but here we are. Uh, Third, Cody, you at one point asked me if I could only ever listen to one musician who I would listen to. Yes. Um, My answer was Frank Ocean, and if I could only listen to one album, it would be Blonde by Frank Ocean. Have you listened to this album? I have not. Awesome. Um, Blonde is definitely up there with my favorite albums of all time. Frank Ocean is basically an R&B singer. Um, He has stuff that is more rap-y. He has stuff that is more like, almost like Marvin Gaye-esque R&B crooner-y. Blonde really hops a lot of different styles. There's lots of R&B stuff. There's very poppy-sounding stuff. There are lots of like soul-inspired tracks. Um, I think the arrangements in this album are like, uh beautiful and intricate. There's lots of like really, really good back musician stuff. Like it's not just like beats and simple stuff. There's lots of like really, really beautiful instrumentation. I think it's just great to listen to. And I think like the themes of the album are also great. There's, it took Frank Ocean like five years to record this album. where He spent like somewhere between three and five years like recording it. Um it's a lot of again I listen to a lot of like depressing music. And this album is about like heartbreak and loss and trauma and Frank Ocean dealing with like his sexuality and masculinity, but it never ever feels like dour in any way. Um, It's this super complex, like beautiful, intricate album. There are like six or seven songs that are like go to tracks for me. Um, And I think it's really, really well done.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to uh, to listen to some of these because um, you know I'll, a lot of times when I listen to music, I don't focus on the words. Mm-hmm. I I don't really he- listen to what they're saying a lot of times, mm-hmm. um, and so, uh, but I will uh, I will do my best on at least one listen through to actually focus on that.
1: Yes. Um, that is, I was going to say that at the very end of all of these, is I love lyricism. Like, the thing I, like, I, I love music, Um and I love, I mean, I just described it as, like, arrangements and backing tracks and yeah. things like that, but, like, the thing I really like is, like, dense, complex, and, like, evocative lyricism. Mm-hmm. I think that is the thread through all four of these albums, um, which is not, what you are into, so I'm curious to see what your take <laughs> on these is. Yeah. The best example of this is the fourth album. Cody, how do you feel about rap music?
0: Uh, It can be hit or miss for me, but mm-hmm. there I have definitely gone through stages, especially after rooming with you in college. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just, you know, I, besides when, like, my brother would listen to some and we would drive in the car together, I just didn't wasn't exposed to it a whole lot and so mm-hmm. um but so uh, there are there's some albums that i'm that i've like listened to a lot mm-hmm. uh like i don't know my beautiful dark twisted fantasy i think and
1: sure yeah there's there's some good ones i think uh Kanye is an interesting example because his music it doesn't surprise me that like of the rap you would have listened to that like Kanye is what you would pull because it's a little, uh, the lyrics matter less, especially like late Kanye, <laughs> yes, early Kanye had something to so. say yeah. late Kanye, mid to late Kanye lost the plot a little bit and still like really good at uh, late Kanye lost the plot a lot, but uh, like mid to late Kanye lost it a little bit, but the the, music stayed immaculate yeah um like i said the thing that i love about music is lyricism and like in depth complex intricate lyricism and so of course i'm going to pitch you an album by kendrick lamar uh called good kid mad city which i'm sure I know for a fact because you roomed with me in college that you have heard tracks of yep um, and that you've heard pieces of. but I think the album as an album stands apart and in general, I think Kendrick Lamar as a rapper like stands apart from other rappers. Kendrick Lamar remains the only musician to ever win a Pulitzer, the only musician who is not a classical or jazz musician to ever win a Pulitzer prize for music. Um, with a fully just like a, a gangster rap album. Yeah. Um, because the way he writes is so like interesting and intricate in addition to being just like great rap albums. Um, so Good Kid Mad City was his first like you know it's listed as his second studio album but it's his first real his first one was independently released so it's his first like major label album uh Good Kid Mad City is billed on the cover as a film by Kendrick Lamar and it's an album of like discrete songs yeah but the thing that happens in the album, it, like what it portrays is a like winding non-linear narrative of a day in Kendrick's life of like young teenage Kendrick. He came out with this, I think in his early twenties. Um, but of like him as a kid and tells like a story of what it was like to grow up in Compton, uh, surrounded by gangs and like dealing with that it tells a story of him like going across gang lines to try to hook up with a girl and getting jumped and then trying to get revenge i'm spoiling it because it's not a movie it's an album um (laughs) but like trying to get revenge and then one of his friends dying in the firefight and then like trying to come out of it and find meaning and like trying to rise out of the situation that he's put in yeah you don't like get those narratives in albums very often outside of like musical theater albums. And I would never subject you to a musical theater album. <laughs> um, sorry, cozy. <laughs> um, Weird. so yeah, I think, I think this is worth, this is what you're going to have to pay attention to the words. Cause yeah. it, it, I'm a fan of rap music. I love rap music. I know a lot of people who love rap music I have to, like, pull up the lyrics and read along as I listen to Kendrick, because I will miss things. And, like, you don't need to do that every time. Yeah.
0: Uh, And when I was trying to think of, like, times that I've been in the mood for, like, listening to rap in the past, like, what albums I've focused on. And the one, the other one that I was trying to think of was a different album from Kendrick Lamar, which was Damn. When that came out, I listened to that album many times and i listened to uh what were his other two earlier ones to pimp Pimp a butterfly Butterfly,
1: and section 80 is the only other uh the only other one he just came out with an album like two weeks ago but
0: okay so but uh good kid mad city is not one of his that i've listened to so i am actually interested in listening to that one too hear some of his earlier music
1: that's very funny because i thought about pitching you dam or to pimp a butterfly Mm -hmm. but they're too dense the damp "Dam" Dam and to pimp a butterfly require uh, i just listened to a podcast called dissect which i'm now not going to pitch you because i'm talking about it now um (laughs) that digs into both to pimp a butterfly and dam and it requires a 40 minute podcast about every track on each of those albums <laughs> to like every line has like multiple meanings and like yeah. multiple non-linear narratives. This one's a little bit more straightforward, but it's a good like primer for in the future when I power through the fact that you've listened to those and make you listen to them again uh with additional context Within because I think they're eye. yes, with an extra eye and perhaps an accompanying 12-hour podcast narrative um because yeah kendrick is like my favorite artist right now and i think he's the musician who is doing the most fascinating work with music um but again is is uh so yeah i'm curious to see what your takeaway is at the end of this album
0: sounds good yeah i'm uh you know, I'm uh, relatively easy to please for these sorts of things, but I'll uh, I'll see if I can get you your first non.
1: <laughs> I mean, don't try too hard, but <laughs> uh, but I do want to stretch my pitching wings a little bit.
0: Yeah, for sure. No, so I'm we'll uh, I'm excited to check these out. Cool. All right. That's it for this week's episode of hard sell. Thank you for listening. Um, if you liked what you heard, remember to drop us a rating and a review wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, follow us on Twitter at hard sell show. You can send us an email at hard sell show at gmail.com. Um, we may or may not stream in the future, uh, on Twitch at hard sell show. Uh, we will tweet that out if we're going to do that. So, uh, Again, like I said before, make sure to follow us on Twitter. And until next time, we'll catch you on the floopity flop.
1: Catch you on the flippity flop.